Hi, I'm Dan for Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers, here to share the easiest way to buy tires. Come to Dobbs. With the best tire brands and the biggest inventory, you'll get your tires the same day at the lowest price, guaranteed. Next time you need tires, get into Dobbs. The Danny Mac Show with BK. Podcast powered by I Promise. Now, here's Danny Mac with BK. You know what, Tanner? You don't necessarily have to have the headsets uh, headsets on to begin the program. I was waiting for you, and you were waiting for me. This was crazy. Dan does one now show solo, and all the rules of radio yeah. go out the window. I see how this is. How you doing, BK? I'm wonderful, Dan. It's great to see your shining face this morning. How are you, you doing? You too, buddy. That's uh, BK. That's Tanner. I'm Danny Mack. Uh, David Schoenfield coming up as we'll talk about the uh, trade deadline by the way, I was just having a, a great conversation with Michelle, and uh, I give her trouble about not seeing the movie Heat. Which is a wonderful movie, one of my favorite all time. It's it's incredible. And anytime it's on, I always watch it. As so you should. Somehow we just got started talking about uh, Godfather, and I said, please, you had to have seen The Godfather. And she said, oh yeah, I'm Italian. I have to have seen The Godfather. I said, okay. I said, what about Godfather 2? She said, I haven't seen that. See, I've seen one, but I haven't seen two or three. What is wrong with you people? And I know three people? doesn't exist. We pretend like that no, one's no, out no, of no. the window. No, 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 I'm okay with three. I know I'm list- Italian. I, I'm disowned because I don't like olives. I'm not a big um, pepperoni, sausage. I'm, I'm kind of out on that. Um, and I have never seen Godfather 2. So what yeah, is wrong I, with in you? In general, I'm just disowned by a vast majority of my family. Yeah, it's going You going might get wrong. disowned in this show. <laughs> checks out for this reason how or have others. you not seen godfather 2 you know tell me just, okay so you've seen goodfellas i'm not actually oh my i'm not yeah i know dan i know i know mm. again i have certain things about me that i'm not proud of their character flaws i think you could say like changing uh, a tire well there's we're that not gonna too. go down that road <laughs> we already did that one bk so about right, the you, cardinal you, i, no, I no, spent no. a lot of time no, we're going to get in the Cardinals. Just be quiet. I, I know where you want you want to change the subject. Here's the deal. You have one thing to do this week for me. I never ask you for anything. You have to see Godfather 2. Okay. Well, you, can you do that? I mean, next week, you got a weekend coming. You, you, you got three hours I to sit like down and watch it. I feel like I can find a way to make that work. It's an incredible movie. Going to be out of town next week. Got a lot of stuff to get to between now and then. But I, I, so for when, you, Dan, for you... I will make this happen. I'll, here's the deal. Where are you going next week? Going to Gulf Shores. Okay. When you are, I'm assuming, are you going to fly? No, driving? driving down what there. are you doing? Okay, yeah. well. All right, you're going to have some time on your hands at I'll some point. I'll figure it out. All right. I'll figure it out. You have to. <laughs> the 314. Dan, young people are stupid. That's fair. That's fair. Uh, well, 314, calm down. I don't like being associated with BK. <laughs> yeah, but you're, you're an old soul, though. It's different. Oh, yeah, you okay. are kind of an old man. Perfect. Go ahead, 314. All right, so here we go. What do you want to talk about with the Cardinals? The fact that there's 62 games left. The fact that I did some digging here. Are you ready for it? I was talking about it with... Ooh, uh, I love it when you get into these deep dives. Carriker and Smallman doing a little digging here. So second wild card since expanded format started in 2012. Cardinals actually beat the Braves in that expanded wild card play-in game. The average number of wins needed to get in is 89.6, and that is for the National League only. The highest was 97. 
by the 2015 Cubs. Um, the NL Central had St. Louis, Pittsburgh, Chicago, you may recall that year, get in. The lowest is 87. So, basically, there you go. I mean, you got to get, you got 62 games to go. And if history repeats itself, you got to get around 40, 40 wins out of your 60. Now, you're going to get healthier with Michaelis. You're going to get healthy with Flaherty. That can make a huge difference. I also think that you can't overlook the head-to-head with the Brewers. You got a lot of games left with them. So that's a second wild card. But the other aspect of this too, BK, whether you think it's unrealistic or not, is I would let the Brewers have a tough stretch coming up. You're going to be playing at home some lesser teams. Cardinals have been eight games above 500 at home. You'll take that. And before it's all said and done, you'd love to see it get a little bit higher. So maybe you can pull within six or five. And then you have the head-to-head and see what happens. It's all about, you do this very well, Dan. You always talk about how you break up the schedule into segments of the season, right? And you're in one of those right now with all these home games coming up, as you mentioned. That's what this team has to do. They just have to take it one series at a time. And I know that is a cliche, but for this team, that's all they can do right now. Win the series against Cleveland. For this series, that means taking two out of two. You got to do it. Win the series against Minnesota. Take two out of three. Do the same thing against Atlanta. Then Kansas City. Then Pittsburgh. Kansas City again. And uh, Then you get into a Milwaukee series. Dan, the schedule sets up really well for this team to be able to go on a run this month, especially if you're able to get both Michaelis and Jack Flaherty back into this rotation. You don't have to look that far back to see where the Cardinals can show you, hey, even with what I think everybody would agree was a middling type of a roster. I actually think the roster this year is slightly better than 2019's version of the team. 2019, the Cardinals were 53 and 47 through the first 100 games of the year. They finished that season 91 and 71. Now that would be a 38 and 24 finish to the year. That might be enough in this division. Might be, might not be, but if you get enough of those wins directly head to head against Milwaukee, that might be able to do it. And again, I think this team's a little more talented than the team that you had in 2019 that was able to do that down the stretch. So big difference, of course, though, you had Jack Flaherty doing what we've only seen Bob Gibson do. So Flaherty went down on May 31st. That was game number 53. That's probably the biggest reason for the regression of the starters. Fewer innings. Uh, more has been required out of the bullpen. It's uh, kind of worn out. Potentially, now I would say the big four, when you have Helsley coming in with runners on, I don't know if I want anybody else. I mean, he has been awesome. And then you have the big three. So if you get healthy with your starters or if you go out and make a deal, that could lessen some of the things that we're talking about on the pressure on those guys and give you another viable option in your bullpen for pitching. Um, We'll see how it plays out. Again, time is running out for the trade deadline, and I think it's going to be an active week, and we're already starting to see some of these guys go. Uh, Chafin of the Cubs just went to the A's, so that was kind of one of their bigger chips. We'll see where Kimbrell go. And then you have Baez, Rizzo, Bryant. We're talking about, how about Washington? They're saying maybe anybody is there. They're the most interesting team to me. Except Juan Soto. They said nope, and they can't get a long-term deal or lock up Trey Turner. They've tried multiple times. Love him. Oh, my goodness. How I feel good like that's going to be an offseason deal. I, I would not be. be surprised to see them decide, you know what? It makes sense for us this offseason to jump the market before the free agents really start coming off of the board. Go ahead and deal Trey Turner this offseason. I don't think that gets done at the deadline, though. So would be my guess. Could have a lot of movement. 
could have a ton of movement this week, and it makes it fun. So David Schoenfeld, we're going to talk more about that later in the show, but David Schoenfeld is coming up. This is the Danny Mac Show with BK, the podcast powered by I Promise. This is the fun time of year when you're a baseball fan and you got the trade deadline and your team may go for it, maybe not, but uh, you're hearing about all the rumors. And let's bring in David Schoenfield from ESPN. Great job covering Major League Baseball. Uh, read his work at ESPN. And, and David, thanks for always hopping on and being, uh, well, just, you know, putting up with BK and myself <laughs> and, you know, being accommodating. We appreciate it. Uh, no problem, guys. Thanks for having me. You got it. Uh, how busy do you think this trade deadline is about to get here in the next, let's say, 48, 72 hours? Yeah, you know, we always have huge expectations right at the deadline, and it seems like a lot of years we don't get as much action as we as we would like. It does feel like we're going to see a few more big trades this year. Um I think it, it, the big name out there is Max Scherzer. The Nationals have fallen apart this month. I think they're 5-16 and 16 in July. Um, there's reports out there that Scherzer is willing to waive his, his no trade or his veto rights. He can veto any trade. So if Scherzer goes, that's the big name, but there might be some others. You know, Joey Gallo, Jose Barrios, maybe Byron Buxton, you know, Trevor Story. So there are a lot of big names in, in the mix right now. How, how do you think that the pending CBA has any effect on what teams are doing, looking at this as a business decision either to sell off or to not, but just a pending CBA, the uncertainty of that and how that plays into the trade deadline? Yeah, it's a factor. Not only that, but, you know, the lost revenue going back to last season and and a little bit this year with reduced attendance, you know, so every team's finances, you know, aren't as strong as normal. And then, yeah, you have this unknown of what are the rules going to be next year? Or is there going to be a lockout? You know, are we going to have a full season of baseball? So does that mean – you have a bigger push to win it now in 2021, not knowing what the future might hold. I'm not really sure how that affects things. Um, look, look, there's no doubt. I think there's certain teams, uh, you know, that they're in it to win it this year, particularly the three teams in the NL West, Giants, Dodgers, Padres. They all want to win that division, avoid that wild card game. So I think those are the three teams right now to really watch what they're going to do. And they don't care about 2022. In the central, another team that is certainly in contention, and I'm unfortunately not talking about the Cardinals at this moment, (laughs) is the Brewers. I feel like, David, every single time that I open up MLBTradeRumors.com, I see a new bat that is connected to the Milwaukee Brewers. Is there anybody that can hit that is not connected to them right now? Yeah, look, we you know I was looking at some stats last night, and Brandon Woodruff, Corbin Burns, and Freddie Peralta are one, two, and three in the majors and lowest OPS allowed. So, with that kind of rotation, yes, the Milwaukee Brewers should add a bat because if they do that, if they add two bats, they have a chance to win this whole thing. Uh, 
they don't have a great farm system, so that's kind of a, a roadblock to acquiring, say, somebody like Gallo. You know, they really could use a lefty power bat with Christian Yelich struggling this year. Um, Jose Aguilar is a guy used to play there. They need a first baseman. He could go back there. So, yeah, I think they'll make a move. I just don't know if they have the the, the pieces to get somebody like a Joey Gallo. If you're the Cardinals, and I can make a case on a lot of different moves, um, where yeah. would you address the St. Louis Cardinals at the deadline? Yeah, I mean, what, they're eight games back. I don't know. I don't know what the, the hot and heavy rumors are there in St. Louis. I don't see them going big because I just, Milwaukee just looks slump proof right now with those three guys in the rotation. You know, like every team you can, you can add around the edges. Everybody wants pitchy, you know, no doubt, you know, um, is the St. Louis want to, you know, trade away some of the farm system. I don't know. Uh, but, you know, once you get packs, past Max Scherzer, though, and maybe a Jose Barrios, who would be very expensive, what are the upgrades in the rotation? You know, not a lot of big impact starters. That is actually where I wanted to go next. Who are the other starters that are even available out there? (laughs) Well, you got Kyle Gibson of the Rangers, who's had a career half season, made the all-star team. He's also signed through next year at a very – good contract. I think he makes only seven, only seven million next year. Um, but he's interesting just cause he does have another year of team control. Um, you know, but yeah, you get past that, you know, these bad teams are bad for a reason because they don't have any, any starting pitching, you know, so there's not a lot of it out there. That's why the Rays, for example, jumped, uh, quickly on a rich Hill, you know, you have the Cubs, if they end up trading Zach Davies, he's a guy, Merrill Kelly in Arizona. But these are number four kind of starters, right? Um, not a lot of number one or number twos. I'm curious what you think is going to happen with Chicago. Bryant, Rizzo, uh, you, you've got uh, obviously Kimbrell. Yep. Which of these guys is left standing in a Cubs uniform in uh, in the next few hours? Yeah, it's interesting because the Cubs are what? They're only half game behind St. Louis, but we're we're certainly viewing the Cubs as they're going to trade. Chris Bryant, even though he he has struggled the last two months, I think he's under 200 since the beginning of June. I think he's going somewhere, uh, no doubt about it. Uh, My colleague Jeff Passan reported today, Anthony Rizzo, uh, maybe to the Red Sox, although he said there's not a big market for Rizzo once you get past the Red Sox, maybe the Brewers, but are the Cubs going to trade him within a division? Um, Kimbrell certainly is a guy everybody everybody wants. You know, lights out year, unhittable. Um, I could see him going I mean, to the Dodgers. Are they going right. to really roll, roll with Kenley Jansen, or do they want a lockdown closer? So... I think Bryant and Kimbrell go. Rizzo, 50-50. Baez, I think they try to trade or they keep and resign. David, one conversation I'm always fascinated by around this time of the year is the deadline when it comes to position players that are on expiring deals. Because I feel like those guys, we always say, oh, well, it's going to take a lot to acquire them. And then we see the actual cost. We're like, wow, that's really all it was that got you Trevor's story. Do you think it's going to be that same way this year? Or do you sense that the prices are going to be a little higher than they have been in previous seasons? 
No, I'm with you. We, you know, we always, oh, you got to give up your number two prospect or, a, you know, two top 100 overall guys. But when you look at trade history, that's not who's traded. I mean, everybody always goes back to the Glaber Torres, Aroldis Chapman trade that the Cubs made in 2016. But that was an outlier. You know, teams are not going to give up top prospects for rental players, especially rental position players. Max Scherzer, Max Scherzer is a difference maker. That's a different story. He's a guy who's starting your first game of the, of the postseason. You'll give up a good prospect for him, but yeah, Trevor story. And that's probably why people are kind of saying the, the Rockies might not even trade him and just collect the, the draft pick. If he leaves as a free agent, you know? So yeah, these guys aren't as expensive as we, we tend to think. David Schoenfield is our guest from ESPN, and I am curious about, I, I just, I kind of, I do the games here in St. Louis, and I kind of laugh when I see the the pitcher come off the mound, and they do the whole thing, and they check the, uh, the hat and the glove, and <laughs> I wonder, are they really looking now? I mean, it's almost just eyewash, and if you're seeing an actual difference being made since they started implementing those rules with the, the sticky stuff. Yeah, that's a good question. I mean, as far as the actual check, I don't know. I haven't been going out to ballparks yet. Haven't talked to any umpires, you know, who knows who, what teams have invented uh, invisible substances, right? (laughs) But, uh, but we do know spin rates are down offenses up, which that's normal in the summer anyways, but you know, you can go through the list of pitchers, you know, who we've seen their spin rates go down. So it does seem that the enforcement is working, even if the the actual checks are kind of like, okay, okay, all right, go go back to the deck. Exactly. David, next thing I wanted to ask you about, kind of going back to the position player side of things, is um, the, the shortstop market in this upcoming offseason. It's loaded with talent in terms of the free agent market. And now we hear word over the last couple of days Trey Turner might actually yeah. become available, whether that's at the deadline. I'm kind of skeptical of that, but potentially in this off season, maybe he becomes an intriguing trade candidate with so many options available on the market. Do you think there's going to be somebody that's left kind of without a seat that ends up being a little cheaper or maybe a one year deal compared to what they expected going into the off season? Yeah. yeah. I mean, and you got to even factor in Marcus Simeon, who's having a great year for the Blue Jays. He's on a one-year contract. He's playing second base this year, but he can, he, you know, he's a shortstop by trade, so he'll be out there as well. Yeah, I think the guy who's not going to get the money he thinks he's going to get is Javier Baez. You know, who a year ago might have turned down two hundred million from the Cubs, but. Wasn't good last year. This year, it's all or nothing, home runs, but he's like a 280 on base or something. That's not a $100 million player. you know. And I know his defense is great, but nobody's going to give 100-plus million to a 280 on base guy. So I think that's I think Baez maybe ends up with the Cubs just because there isn't going to be a robust market for him. Hey, David, thanks for uh, hopping on and putting up with us. We appreciate it and uh, enjoy your work at ESPN and encourage everybody to read your work at ESPN.com. Thanks. Thanks for coming on. No, appreciate it, guys. Let's hope there's some blockbusters. Fingers (laughs) crossed. No kidding. Uh, Looking forward to that. I I agree with what he said about bias because although it, it takes one, right? It takes one team, one owner to say, yeah, I want that guy, but man, you're getting a lot of strikeouts, a lot of swing and miss, but he's going to walk into 
25, 30 home runs, and you can play him at short. You can play him at second. You can play him anywhere, and he's going to be a gold glover or at least that caliber. He's just an intriguing kind of mystery for me of how much we're, how much you want to pay for it, the defense and the home runs, and can you live with all the strikeouts? And he's 29 next year. right? And that's the other thing is teams have kind of wise, wised up on this stuff of are we really going to pay $25 million for a guy that doesn't walk at the back end of his career that seems like a bad contract? I think 15 years ago, Javi Baez would have gotten an astronomical number. I don't know that he gets that today. And so I'll be very curious to see who the team is that gets him, what the term is on that deal, because I could see him getting a one-year $25 million deal somewhere. That's possible. Is he going to get the five years 125 that he was looking for? I don't know, man. That seems unlikely for him, especially with all of the other options that are out there. If Trey Turner is truly available this offseason, he might be at or near the top of the market. You've still got Correa and Seager and Story. Like These guys are everywhere. It's as as talented a position group as we have in major league baseball. And like a third of the guys that are superstars are available this offseason. It's crazy. I'll tell you what's crazy is Max Scherzer, that if a team trades for him, Ken Rosenthal reported this and apparently other reporters have jumped on and, and confirmed it because, and not to get too far in the weeds here with it, but it's, it's about signing bonus and deferrals and whatnot. But yep. if you trade for him, you're not paying his salary for the remainder of this year. That's this unbelievable. Year, you'll pay it in 2028. Correct. But you will not have to pay anything between now and 2028. So you'll pay $12 million then. But with the way that things work in baseball, that's like paying maybe seven, eight million dollars right. right now. So it's, crazy, it's, isn't it? it's a very low price in terms of the actual monetary dollar figure compared to what you'd expect for a player of his caliber. So I wonder what that means then uh, in terms of the team that is trading for him and the team that trades it. Like, where's the leverage? Hey, you want this guy? We're coming off a pandemic. You didn't have anybody in the seats. You really want him? Okay, up the ante. By the way, you're not going to have to pay him for many, many years. Yeah. It's interesting, isn't it? It's fascinating. The, the Nationals being thrown into the mix of sellers is the single best thing that could have happened for baseball in terms of storylines. Like you would have liked to have seen the Nationals in the postseason this year, but if you couldn't get that, this is the next best thing. You didn't want them to hold and for there to be no storyline surrounding Scherzer or Turner. Or, there's like 10 different guys on that team that could be legitimately intriguing trade candidates. They're the team to watch. Like The Cubs are interesting for a million different yeah. reasons. I'm actually more interested in seeing what happens with the Nationals at this deadline. It's fascinating. This is the Danny Mac Show with BK, the podcast powered by I Promise. Tanner with a lot of breaking news in that, huh? A lot of news around the league right now. Wow. Around the league's up. By the way, hey. This time last year, Saturday was opening day in baseball yep. with no fans in the stands and uh, race to the finish, 60 games. It's uh, it's good to have sports back, man. It's really Holy nice. Smokes. Real news, real yes. games, real action. This is wonderful, man. Uh, we have Adam Wainwright going on the mound tonight. And Adam Wainwright will start for St. Louis. It was August 30th last year at uh, Bush. And it's one of the most memorable games, fans or not, that I can ever remember that he pitched in. He went the distance on his birthday, and it was against the Indians. So you got the Indians tonight. These two teams are fairly similar in you know what's happened with their records and bad stretches and all kinds of things. But 
The Indians and the Cardinals. So here you go. The uh, Cardinals are 50 and 50. They're eight games behind Milwaukee. Cleveland, 49, 48, eight and a half behind the White Sox. The trends, well, the Cardinals, 19 and 21 against the Central. It's only the second time under 2,000 against the division uh, in the first 40, well, since 2000. I mean, this is a long time now that that has been going on, those head-to-head. Cleveland, they have won 8 of 9 against Kansas City, 29 and 16 against the Central. So that's the seventh best winning percentage inside your division. Now, when you think about what's happened where the trends that kind of cost you this season, Cardinals went 10 and 17 in June, uh, 10 and 9 right now in July with four games left. Cleveland, 42 and 33 back on June 28th. Then they lost nine straight through the seventh, and that kind of gave them a little separation the wrong direction with the White Sox. So you're not going to see Bieber. You're not going to see Savali. Uh, you got Cal Quantrill is on the mound tonight for the Indians and Wayno going for St. Louis. And tomorrow in the day game, you got KK going for St. Louis. As we said, got to start winning games. You know, if you split, you split, but you got to at least win one, if not two, coming back home. You got a rested bullpen. You got everybody available. You're off on Thursday. Yeah. You're going up against a team that doesn't have its best starter on the mound. You've got your two best guys on the mound. You basically have three players in your, in their lineup that you have to worry about. It's Bradley, Reyes, and Ramirez. If you can get those three guys out, you feel pretty darn good about having a, a nice series from your pitching staff. Dan, it's it's pretty important time right now for the Cardinals, and these feel like must-win games, both of them. I know what's on the road. If you lose one of these, you can make it up later on, but it just makes things more difficult as we go on here. You're running out of time. And so for the team, especially going into these are the last two games you'll play before the trade deadline on Friday, you kind of need to win both of these games, especially with Wayne Owen Kim on the mound. This is when you know you're getting a little bit older in the game is that Adam Wainwright made his debut September 11th of 05. Paul Quantrill... The father of Cal made five appearances that season That's that Wainwright amazing. made his uh, debut, and then uh, he called it a career. By the way, this is a pretty famous date. I was going to tease this for the next segment, but I'll do it now. This is a pretty famous date in St. Louis Cardinals history that doesn't get probably the attention that it should. Uh, some in baseball you know, are, are talking about how this could be a crazy week because of the trade deadline. Well, the Cardinals on this date traded Colby Rasmus Colby Rasmus, Trevor Miller, Brian Tallett, P.J. Walters to Toronto for Octavio Dotel, Edwin Jackson, Corey Patterson, and Mark Zubchinsky. Wow. Ten years ago today, and a, and a deal that really did change the St. Louis Cardinals' fortunes that season of yeah, 11. Yeah, I mean, it completely overhauled the bullpen, and it allowed you to go on the run that you needed down the stretch to be able to have what was maybe the most memorable October run that, at least in my lifetime, I've seen in baseball. You could you could make some comps with, like, the 04 Red Sox. I mean, it, it's it's up there in terms of the best of the best. By the way, Dan, you mentioned feeling old yeah. about Wayno. Dan Plesek yeah. is Zach Plesek's uncle. Right. He was also pitching Still in going. the early 2000s with uh, Adam Wainwright as well. So Plesek uh, goes tomorrow. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So this series is a bunch of dudes that Adam Wainwright faced off against their dads and uncles. That's who they he, he's now pitching against their nephews and sons. So uh, somebody asked here on the text line 636. Danny Mack, I thought the Indians changed their name. They have, but it does not go into force. Uh, or into it won't be enforced until next year. Mm-hmm. Cardinals playing the Indians 
So this is the first time since the news broke recently about their name change next year. So the new name, by the way, pays homage. If you're wondering why the Guardians, to the pair of statues that stand over the Hope Memorial Bridge uh, for over 100 years, Guardians of Traffic. They're both 43 feet tall and meant to symbolize progress. So they had all kinds of... I was doing a little deep dive on this, if you can't tell. Uh, Got that vibe. (laughs) Yeah, nearly 1,200 possible names. Um, 140 hours of uh, interviews with fans, community leaders, uh, the front office personnel, surveys uh, of the fans, and the Guardians was by far the favorite. And the rumors of spiders and municipals were out there as well. It goes back to previous teams that they had there, but it will be... The Guardians next year, not tonight. The Guardians of Cleveland, not That's the Galaxy. Right. Very so different. Two very, very different things. The Indians and the Cardinals tonight. We'll go around Major League Baseball when we come back. This is the Danny Mac Show with BK, the podcast powered by I Promise. I think they stand pat. They hope that Miles Michaelis and Jack Flaherty returning has the same payoff as a trade. Again, we talked about them being closer than we might have imagined them coming back for. If they return, that's obviously a huge benefit to the rotation. will do a huge benefit for morale. But if they hold here, they can also start looking to build into contention for 2022. And this is not a Cardinal team that's going to sell. They're not going to sell, you know, sale fire all their assets here. They're going to stand pat, hold, hope it works out where they can make a run in 2021. But if they don't, they put themselves in a really nice position to have an open window going into the offseason. Katie Wu of The Athletic the other day here on 101 ESPN. Michaelis, back in 19, 32 starts and 184 innings. Went 9-14 and 14 the year before that. He was an all-star. Flaherty, 11 games this season, 62 innings, 8-1. and one. He was on his way to the all-star game, and depending how things would have panned out with a full season and him pitching every fifth day, might be a Cy Young uh, Award candidate. But they try to get them back sooner rather than later. I, I've been fascinated by the idea of piggybacking these guys because, as I've said and stated many times, you're going to run out of time here. You know, you got 62 games, you're going to look up and you're going to say, oh, it's only 45. And I, I, how am I going to get to that 91 plateau? Three and three of those guys, instead of a rehab assignment, I probably would take it. And it's not uh, far-fetched to think in those terms, potentially. Yeah, it's interesting because, as we heard in Tanner's update earlier today, the Cardinals decided to send down Johan Oviedo to AAA. I think that move is kind of instructive on where we are right now with the Cardinals rotation. Now, part of it is just as simple as the Cardinals have a couple off days this week. So you've got Wayno Kim potentially going on normal rest on Sunday for Wayno, and then the following Tuesday for Kim, so you can push those guys technically up a start, which would move the need for Oviedo. Well, then if you push it forward again, the next time that you would realistically need Oviedo's spot in the rotation is next weekend. At that point in time, you might be able to get back at least one of, maybe both of, Flaherty and and, uh, Michaelis, and you can do what you're talking about with the piggyback situation. Well, maybe that does take that spot up in your rotation. And now you go Wayno, Kim, LeBlanc, Woodford, and then that spot with Flaherty and Michaelis. Makes sense. Uh, Some news and notes. Let's go with this. The A's, if you haven't heard yet, acquired lefty Andrew Chafin. And it does have a residual effect because there's matchups still left with the the Cardinals and the Cubs. And you don't know who will be left in that bullpen with Chicago. Ryan Tapera has also drawn some interest. He had a very good first half of the season. Fall off a little bit uh, 
I'd say in the last probably three, four weeks, but he's a guy that is a reli- uh, reliable arm. Also, Craig Kimbrell, you would have to assume is going to get traded. I, I don't see how that does not happen out of all the guys we talk about with the Cubs and with the kind of haul potentially you could get with Kimbrell. That would make some sense. Yankees acquire Clay Holmes from the Pirates. So that's another NL Central guy gone. 44 appearances. He had a record of three and two. Uh, Shohei Otani pitches a gem, drives in one, steals a bag. Incredible. Just incredible. Seven innings, five hits. He went one for four at the plate, did have a stolen base. By the way, he's got 14 stolen bases this year. Yankees are discussing, by the way, a Trevor Story deal that was reported by John Heyman. Brewers have checked in, apparently, on Josh Donaldson and Trevor Story. That also reported by John Heyman. To slide in here real quick, Dan, those two stories that you just mentioned are kind of connected. Otani and Trevor Story. I don't know if you guys saw, but last night, Trevor Story was hit on the hand. Yes. Or the wrist with a pitch from Otani. Be curious to see if anything comes out of that. He ended up staying in the game, so hopefully everything's fine. But that could be something worth monitoring over the next couple of days as well. And how about the Mets? We know that Lindor is out with the oblique. He said he's coming back, but they have a gap to fill there with their infield. Right now, it's a huge series. Mets and Braves, they split a doubleheader last night. Here's Tim Kirchin. And the Mets, I think, are going to have to do something. They are a subpar offensive team, and Chris Bryant is out there to me. He would be the perfect fit to play third base for the Mets. It won't be easy to get him, but it's possible that he's on the move. They're also looking for a starting pitcher, of course, given that Jacob deGrom's situation is unclear at the moment. Kyle Gibson is out there. He could really help the Mets. They can't have these kind of expectations coming in and then not do anything at the break. I think they will. Ah, This stuff is fun to talk about. Mets apparently, quote, all over pitching market and then tend to check on Max Scherzer. That was reported by SNY's Andy Martino. Multiple teams discussing a trade for Barrios. The Padres, and that's for the Twins. He pitches Jose Barrios for the Twins. Padres, Dodgers interested. He's 7-5 and five this year. That was John Morosi. I would like to go ahead and make a blanket report. I'm willing to exclusively report this, Dan. The Mets, Giants, Dodgers, Padres, if there's a pitcher available, they've yeah. checked in. <laughs> they have all talked to them. And by the way, if there's a bat that's available right now, uh, the Brewers and the Padres have actually checked in as well. And they would be interested in finding out what the price is to acquire said bat. I have more for you. National shopping. Quote, everyone but Soto. And that was out of Washington. The uh, Post, Chelsea, Janes, Janice with Janes. the jeans okay with that report and this one is the one that i find really uh interesting padres considering moving eric hosmer he has four plus years remaining on eight years 144 million dollar deal they're on pace to exceed the uh 210 million dollar uh threshold and this is according to ken rosenthal so that would get them away from that if they could find a taker for eric hosmer solid player but I always felt like, okay, he's he's there with Machado and Titi. I, I just didn't see that one coming. I didn't either. And this was all kind of based on their luxury tax situation. 
he also apparently gets 10-5 rights starting next year, next which season. is another thing that right. they have to take into account, which is a player that's been in the league for 10 years. He's been with the same team for the last five of them. That will kick in next year for Hosmer, and that limits their options in terms of where they can potentially send him. He also has a limited trade clause, too, inside the current deal right I think now. it's 10 teams, if yes. I'm not mistaken, that he has on his list right now. He is a really good leader. Like He's known as being a guy that's great inside of the clubhouse because he can bring together different cliques within the clubhouse. Uh, he is... A solid player, although unspectacular, I yeah. would say is very good defensively. Yeah, I'm going to be interested to see if they actually end up moving him. That could be something that as much as it may help them on the field, I do wonder what effects that would have for them in the clubhouse. Mark Andre Fleury for hockey fans, and this is the radio home of the Blues, has been traded to the Blackhawks. Now, Elliot Friedman, who is... Uh, is locked in as anybody in uh, in the game. I'm not sure you would make this move unless you got the guarantee that he's going to play or you talked to him and said, hey, you're going to do this because he said, he tweeted out, I'm paraphrasing, but there were some reports that um, it, he was saying that maybe if it wasn't, if he's not going to play in Vegas, that he was done, that he would retire. So you don't know. Maybe that's, uh, he. they talked to him and said, hey, man, we want you. And he agreed to, to do it. Don't know. Yeah, Elliot Friedman saying that if he is traded, he has been. Uh, there were rumors that he might retire for family reasons. Quote, not certain how it will all play out for him. If he does decide to play, Chicago is going to be a real threat in the Central Division next year. They have now added over the last 48 hours or so a legit number one defenseman to their team. They paid him handsomely nine and a half million dollars per year. And now they just added a legitimate franchise goalie. I know he's getting up there in age, but the Vegas Golden Knights have gone into each of the last two or three postseasons thinking, okay, it's time to move on for Marc-Andre Fleury. And then when they get there, it's Marc-Andre Fleury in the back of the net because he's the one that gives them the best chance to win. It's going to be a team worth monitoring over the next couple of days as well as we get into free agency to see if they've got any more splashes in them. My final statement, I did not see uh, Jim Sterk and Mizzou parting ways. I didn't see that one coming. Saw it coming. Didn't, I didn't see think it coming it was now. Happen. Yes, I didn't. First of all, the timing of it now, right before a football season. And I thought if this was going to happen, it'd be a year from now. Agreed. And that's I, what I thought. I thought that was the way that it was going to go down. I knew that after, so he had been in conversations with UCF. Yes. Potentially being the answer for them down there as their next athletic director. That didn't work out for whatever reason. And he ends up staying at Mizzou. That's fine. I think after the Eli Drinkwitz thing, and there's probably a lot of Mizzou fans or people that are kind of casual college sports fans that are listening to this saying, didn't that guy hire Eli Drinkwitz? Didn't that hire go well? Well, kind of. He was the one that wanted to hire Blake Anderson, the Arkansas State head coach at the time. He took that to the board of curators. They said, uh-uh, not good enough. We want somebody better. And if you were an athletic director at the Power Five level, specifically in the SEC, your number one job, the single biggest thing that you can do as an AD is getting the right hire as your head football coach. And he brought them somebody that they did not deem to be the right hire at that time. So the board of curators... The president, they all end up going and kind of recruiting alongside um, Jim Sterk. 
Eli Drinkwitz to become the next head football coach. From that moment on, it's kind of always been, okay, when's this going to end for Jim? Because that's not how this is supposed to go. What do you have coming up on your show? Looking forward to it today, Dan. We've got Jim Bowden, former MLB general manager, to help us kind of sort through all of this trade deadline news coming up at noon. Jeremy Rutherford will join us at 1 o'clock to talk about the Blues ahead of tomorrow's free agency period. Lots of Cardinals, lots of Blues between now and the end of the show as well. We'll begin by talking about what we kind of opened up with Dan how does this team get back on track how do they make sure in these last 62 games they're able to make the most of it there's a comp that we can look at that might be the one that ends up helping them in the second half you've been listening to the Danny Mac show with BK the podcast powered by I promise Peloton let's go this holiday with the right music and the right motivation from world-class instructors we're gonna pick it up a notch it's the holiday season You might just surprise yourself with what you're capable of. Work out to thousands of live and on-demand classes, from running to cycling to yoga. Try Peloton risk-free with a 30-day home trial. New members only, not available in remote locations. See additional terms at onepeloton.com slash home dash trial. Peloton, motivation that moves you.